0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode number two of the special editions of season four of the PhD podcast. my name is Mitch. I'll be doing a couple interviews today talking during our downtime that has been because of this COVID nineteen epidemic who just has completely uh just <laughs> it's just exponentially exploded over the last seven or eight days since we've last spoke and I'm just trying to do my best to bring you up to date and a little in the world of hockey. Um, today we've got some big guests. Um, Chris Sarakowski, the head coach of the Carrick Cougars, is on to me talking about the effects of the shutdown and how Carrick, you know, had that big overtime win and just, just the effect on how it is so far. Us not knowing what's gonna happen the remainder of the season, but a um, big interview with him. I have Michael O'Grady, the head coach of the Chatham Cougars the NCAA Division III squad. He's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, you know what's going on in Division III. Talk about Chatham's season, some of the local talent he's got going on up at the Pittsburgh Ice Arena now, and you know just discussing a couple things. And then of course one of the local legends. I call him one of le- the two legends of Robert Morris hockey um, when it comes to the media side, and that is. Larry Snyder he is the voice of the Robert Morris Colonials and he'll be joining me third here this evening and he's going to talk a uh, little bit about you know the effect on his shutdown because he's also the public address announcer for several other teams not just hockey uh, for Robert Morris and around uh, of course he does do also do hockey for the Youngstown Phantoms so he's one of their public address announcers there and you know this affects a little more than players more than families you know the media is out there. And they're taking their beatings, and um, I want to take this chance to uh, just let everybody know uh, our owner and uh, you know our, our basically our godfather, Alan Saunders, uh, a, a, he f- believes that he came down with it during his trip to Florida, and he is doing better. He is slowly starting to recover as of this time, at least his updates on Twitter and other text messaging that I hear from him that he is doing better. So uh, even though this is on his time, <laughs> I am going to th- uh, uh, wish him the best in his recovery from the COVID-19 virus. Uh, allegedly, at this point, he's not 100% sure, but fairly certain that's what it is. He wasn't able to get tested. So it did hit home for us here at the PhD podcast and at Pittsburgh Hockey Digest. So we did have a little bit of a, uh, you know, thing. he wasn't in contact with anybody outside, but he self-isolated when he came back from Florida during his last basketball trip so it was. it's uh, good to hear that he's on the road to recovery who knows how long that's going to take and how it's going to go but uh, it did hit home for us here at Pittsburgh Hockey Digest so alright we're going to move into the show now a little bit uh, I want to discuss a couple things we had talked a little bit about what was going on with the facilities and how they you know we don't know what's going on with them at this time I did get a little update from one of my sources and, I mean, I guess it's because it's facilities, it's not really, like, breaking news. But just, uh, you know, we've gotten some a word of a couple um, of the rinks have melted down for repairs, recoveries. A couple of them are just doing the necessary grind work to update their facilities, clean things out. Um, and a lot of them, uh, I heard, if tryouts were to take place soon, uh, have moved tryouts from their standard facility to another facility, especially on the east side of the city. Um, I have uh, on good authority that some of the f- tryouts are going to take place at one of the on, uh, one of the facilities instead of multiple facilities in the area. Well, I'll let those be uh, released by their respective squads, but there are repairs being done, cleaning being done, um, sanitizing being done to the facilities uh, during this downtime. So it's good to hear that the facilities are actually, you know, they're taking this seriously. And t- trying to do some good with this downtime and trying to bring you the best possible, um, you know, just best possible ice and product and everything out there that you can get. And, you know, holding down the ice and re- re-icing it means you get that age old build up out of it. And it's going to be nice to get some new paint down and, you know, make the facilities look a little bit nicer. So um, hats off to the facilities for taking the time and trying to make a positive out of the negatives that are going on in the world right now. Um, Of course, you know, I'll I'll mention it one more time. I say it all the time, and I'm going to preach it. Everything that's going on is bigger than the sport. It's bigger than hockey. It's bigger than anything that we've had in a very long time here. And if you want to continue to look at it and say, well, you know, no, this is a serious thing, and I'm as bullheaded, I'm a Taurus, I'm as bullheaded as the next person. I It took me until the NBA um, decided that they wanted to shut down for me to decide that I wasn't going to, <laughs> that I was actually taking this serious. And it's scary. It, it's a scary situation. I've now been basically, other than I, I mean, I'm still working. I, I was on the essential works list, so I have to go to work in the morning and I still have to do everything. But it's scary because I handle shipping. I'm, I'm a logistics coordinator for a company that's, that moves chemicals not coordinator, I'm a logistics, um, uh, basically employee for a, a company that moves chemicals and I handle all the incoming and outgoing shipments. So you don't know what's coming in on out of those trucks at any given time, you know, where the trucks have been before you has, you know, it, and it's a scary situation. And, you know, I'm basically, you know, I'm concerned every day of my life if I catch this thing or not, you know, I'm seeing what's happening with my friend, you know, he's still one of my best friends is Alan. So you now I, I get to know him, but. You know, it affects your lives at this point. You're worried about your family. Every one of my family is pretty much still working because they're all they work in essential businesses. My brother's a welder. My sister works in hotels. My mother's works for an optometrist, and my father is a machinist out in California. (laughs) I get to, you know, I'm dealing with this every day, so it's scary, but at the same time, um, you have to look at it and you have to consider, hey, they're doing the best we can by shutting everything down. Keep your distance. Enjoy it, uh, you know. Try to enjoy the downtime. Like I, I have basically, if you have to be stuck around, like I, I'm somebody you can't keep contained. I like being by myself, but I'm used to driving 400 miles a week. <laughs> you know, get it for driving all those rinks, doing everything that I do. I put almost between 250 and 400 miles on in a week, on a good week. So I actually only put 22 miles on my car last week. <laughs> so if you think about that, how basically shell shocked I am right now being able to do things and trying to get things. I have a completely remodeled living room, and I actually want to tell you guys right now, going into season number five next year, I will have a studio, so we probably will be doing video uh, going through the season next year from my new studio, which is going to be basically the back of my living room uh, next season, so I'm not going to have to like grind up in my bedroom and hopefully be able to create a podcast for you from there. I'll be actually in a nice location with with all the stuff that I want, uh, set up for you guys, so we can do our Facebook lives, we can do our YouTube shows, we can do all this stuff that I want to do, and it's going to be exciting, uh, I'm taking the time now, and trying to make a positive out of the negative, and that's the best you can do out there, is try to find the positive in what you got going on, if you can take time to help yourself, like try something, try something new, that, you know, maybe you didn't get a chance to read a book even. I mean, geez, I wish I could read a book right now. Uh, once I get done with the house, I'm probably going to start running again. I mean, you just got to take time for yourself and figure out with yourself because it's a burnout, it's a grind, especially some of these players who their whole jo- life is to learn something. You know, how to, you're just wanting to do hockey. You just want to play hockey. You want to do do that hockey. I kind of slipped into that one, but... You kind of want to do that, but it's time to figure out what we're doing with ourselves and learn ourselves and figure out what we're doing. So um, take that time, improve yourself as a human being. And it sucks. This all sucks right now, and I agree with everybody out there that hey, you know, we don't know when we're getting back to the rink. If we're getting back to the rink, some of these kids are done in their careers uh, for hockey. Like I spoke when I spoke with Sarah Kowski, you're gonna hear a little bit about that coming up and you don't know when they're you know if it's done or not you're just on a waiting game so why not try to just improve yourself or do something for yourself that makes yourself you know a better you at this point <laughs> i mean this is the little pseudo psychologist coming out in me but um at, at this time it's just tough it's a tough situation for everybody so all right so back to the ranks and that was uh that was my ted talk thank you for coming um no Talking about the rinks, and you know, at least they're putting the time into the facilities. Like, uh, you know, I guess that was my tie-in with my last little rant. So, but uh, they're putting time in with the facilities, and they're putting the ability in to try to make it better for you. Because it's hard with the scheduling and everything to be able to just shut down a rink to be able to do this, and you know, trying. Now we're we're at the point where it's now trying to make a positive out of a negative, and I think that's what you got to remember here. If you're listening here, that's the best I can way I can put it. I'm not gonna give you any advice in my world of what to do. I've made enough mistakes on my own, but if that's anything you take away from this, try to make a positive out of a negative in your downtime because, hey, eventually we're going to be back and we're going to have a terrific season coming up, I hope, in the next for the 2021 20, season. So we'll see how that plays out. I'll lead into that. Our first guest is going to be the head coach of the Carrick Cougars. Of course, a big overtime victory over Nishanik in the semifinal at the Island. My fi- my next to last game. No, that was my last game that I covered for the uh, for the season. So um, there, this is Chris Sarakowski. He uh, of course they were waiting for that big showdown with Ringgold in the upcoming season, and unfortunately, with everything that happened we weren't able to do it so without further ado this is chris sarakowski all right joined now by chris sarakowski of the carrick cougars the head coach uh carrick of course getting that big nod to go to the class b i still call it the penguins cup in class b because hey class b is still hockey and we're going to continue to move along with that but you know you get that nod chris how is everything going how is your your lockdown your quarantine going sir
1: um it's, it's going as it is, taking day to day, going one day at a time here. Um, as you know, it's tough for everybody mm-hmm. at this time, not being able to be on the ice and a lot of other things in life that have changed at this point for everyone. So just taking one day at a time here.
0: You, you were telling me an anecdote off the air about <laughs> you found something in your basement, in your garage.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was cleaning my garage this weekend, and underneath one of the shelves I found a hockey ball laying there my kids had had, and, went over in the corner and I grabbed a stick and I actually just started sticking around the trash bags and everything. Cause you know, I was, I was kind of bored and it's, you miss being at the rink. You miss that time that hockey gives you away from everything. Just that escape that you get when you are at the rink. So it felt good to do that for a little while. Um, miss being out there with the kids and, and, and the, you know, the other coaches and everything. So.
0: Well, well thank you for coming on with me now. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, that time and the kids and everything. And, you know, you get that nod. You get that big overtime victory in the in the Class B. you know going to get the chance to face Ringgold again for that big, you know, that big rivalry headbutt. And then it all comes to a stop on Thursday. Could you just tell me, take me through the thought process and everything that went on during that time frame?
1: Um, you know, obviously that win was, was the biggest thing for these kids and winning the way we did. Um, you know, in that dramatic fashion made it so much more special. And even when you and I talked after that game, you know, the last thought on anyone's mind was we're not going to get to play that game. Um, and it was actually kind of funny how I found out because Rick uh, from Ringgold had sent me a text message and he said, do you believe this? And it was actually a caption of, they were postponing the playoffs and they the final game. And I just, we just kind of sat there in silence and then, it was just one of those things that is this real? Is this actually happening? Um, and then obviously once it got out to more social media, everybody started calling and texting, and it's it just seems like it's I don't know, like it was a bad dream.
0: It, it still is. You know, you think about it, and you know it <laughs> as we move along in this, and it's just everybody. I, I still don't believe it. I, I'm like, you know, I knew the end of the season was coming for me. Like I was, I told myself last Saturday that I should have be been in Philadelphia right now. Yep. Like I should have been in Philadelphia for the state championships and you know, it's still surreal to everybody that we are where we are. Um, and I asked this question of almost everybody that I, you know, had on but you know, you you then have to you have to break the news. How do you say that to these players that have just, you know, a lot of them possibly have just played their last game?
1: You know, I, honestly, Brian, I think out of all this, that's been the hardest thing for us as coaches, telling these kids, especially telling the seniors, I mean, these kids that that's, that possibly could have been their last game, as a coach and a team, not being able to say goodbye to these kids, um, it, what makes it even more difficult is we actually had practice Sunday night. And our practices are Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday. And we said Sunday after practice, all right, guys, we're going to keep working as if we're playing. Let's see what happens till they tell us we can't come to the rink. Never in a million years leaving that rink Sunday night then I think it would be the last time we'd see these kids possibly. Um, It makes it tough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so happier times. We'll talk about, you know... The season and how it went. I mean, you guys had a, a phenomenal year as you moved along throughout the year. I mean, you stuck yeah. in there with Ringgold, and then you get that big win at the end of the season. I think we mentioned this a couple times whenever I spoke with you at the, uh you know, you get that marker on Ringgold. Not any nobody is was able to actually get that tough of a uh, <laughs> a challenge to them all year. um You get into it, and you know, just sum up your season in a couple words for me, and just tell me how you know. How it was for you guys, you know, moving along to be able to set you guys up for that position.
1: Well, we started out against Ringgold. I can't remember. It was either our first or second game. And we lost 6-5 to to them. And it was a back and forth battle just like that final game was. And I said to the kids after the game, if you've ever considered a game being a good loss, that was a good loss. Because we knew that we were going to grow. We knew Ringgold was going to grow, too. But we said, as this season goes along we will get better. I've been coaching hockey for years and you can, you know, everyone says I got a good team. I got a good team. I got a good group of kids. Honestly, Brian, there was something, even after that game, the first game against wrinkled that you saw in those kids and their eyes in that locker room that we knew we had that team. Um, We had some ups and downs through the season. As you know, we had what five overtime games. yeah. And again, when we talked before, those overtime games are what made us stronger as a team because we had to learn how to come back. We had to learn how to play as a team, become a team, believe in each other. You know, like when we talked about some of the players that weren't there for the points, but yet they showed up every night. Mm -hmm. Um, And then towards the end of the season, I think you saw we kind of, we almost lost some games. And then uh, to be honest, we lost that game against Trinity. Um, Hats Mm -hmm. off to Trinity. They played an incredible game against us. Our kids weren't ready yet yeah true. but that was what that was a turning point they're like and again you could see it when they walked into the rink that night against wrangled you could see it in their eyes as we jokingly said the eye of the tiger and we've been playing the rocky song and everything okay. and uh you could see it in their eyes they wanted it um and that's they came out again like i said all along these kids have believed in each other from the beginning seniors helping the underclassmen underclassmen helping the seniors and uh Just keep our fingers crossed that we may get this game in here.
0: Yeah, you talk about that. And uh, there's actually, you know, uh, a player that plays for you that I actually noticed and we were actually back and forth about. And we want to just, I want to take the talk about a little bit over. And she reminds me of a former player that played for Carrick. And that was Lexi Jones. And she talked, she played for, uh, I was thinking of Olivia Sindrick. I guess her brother plays for you guys still. And yes, I spoke to her a couple. Yeah, I spoke to her a couple years ago, and she she played some big minutes for you down the stretch. Just wanted to give a shout yes. out to her. Yeah.
1: Now, Lexi's been solid from day one, and um, when she came on, it's actually her brother asked us in the summer and said, "Hey, my sister's going to be trying out next year. You know, you think she'll have a spot?" And said, so, "Well, like everybody else, she needs to earn that spot." And and honestly, when we saw her in tryouts. We, we knew there was something special about her. Um, and she's been, as you see in the minutes that she gets and everything, we're, we're confident when she's on the ice and uh, uh, she's becoming a leader towards, the end of the season went on, she's been becoming a leader and, you know, in the locker room and on the ice too. So we expect big things of her over the next couple of years. The good thing is she's only a sophomore right now. So yeah,
0: that was the other half. I, she was turning <laughs> heads out there, getting penalty kill minutes, power play minutes, especially late in the game. That was so close like that. And, you know, now, the one thing that I noticed about your team out there is that they were able to maintain their composure to a fault at that point, it, especially whenever those, you know, the, the cards were down late in the game. You're down by a, a couple here, and you needed to get in. Um, we we talked a little bit about this in the post game, but and you think you you talked about the overtime, you know, how they were just built stronger and became a better team in the overtimes, but. Is that something that you preached was the just remaining calm in the ability, you know, especially whenever you're trying to come back in the game, getting that late goal to be able to tie things up? And, you know, was that something that you you, you just knew from this team or is that something that was preached a little bit more is just to be staying calm and composed?
1: We When I took Carrick last year, things were quite, hec- quite hectic. The year before, they didn't have a very good record. Um, and one thing starting last year we preached to the kids is just stay calm, play the game. It's a game. And don't forget it's a game. And, you know, have fun. That's why we're there. And this year with um, Co-Pat, Pat Forster and Craig Dione, um, these guys have really done a lot of work with the kids behind the scenes as far as, Hey guys, go out. We can do this. Believe in each other. If we play as a team, we can come back. Don't get overexcited. Don't, like you said, when you get into a game like that, that's when chaos starts. And, you know, Coach Craig has said all year to the kids, when you get into games like this, that one bad play, that one broken stick, that one shot off of a shin pad, that's going to cost the game. Don't let those things happen. Um, In practice, we do a lot of things that are repetition, that it's motions they're going through. So you you try not to get them thinking in those situations in a sense, you know, you want them to go out and react, not think. Um, And, and again, I have two great assistant coaches that help out and they do a lot of keeping the calm, Uh, to be honest with you, they help keep me calm on the bench too. So, um, you know, it's, it's a whole, it's it's a whole team effort with the coaches and everybody. Um, And again, it's a good group of kids. These these kids want to play. They listen. Um, Like I said earlier, it's, it's a special team. It's a very special team.
0: Now, talk about some of the younger players. And, you know, whenever you have a season that ends as abrupt as this has, you know, does that create a little bit more of, I won't call it a chip on the shoulder, but, you know, a little bit of a driving force going into the next season?
1: Uh, Yes, Um, especially with the competitive players we have the four or five sophomores that we have on the team right now. Um, I know there's some freshmen coming up. Um, yes, I know they're going to have a chip, and a player we mentioned earlier, she's mentioned it several times about next year if this game isn't played, what we need to do, what we want to do. Um, yeah, we have, as I said, it's, we have a solid team, upperclassmen and underclassmen, and I think this is going to help the underclassmen even want it more if this game isn't played um, which is a good thing, because uh, we are losing eight kids, uh, eight seniors. So it's it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a rebuilding year, but um I I have the confidence with the kids that are coming up that we'll be right back where we're at next year. If the season ever starts again.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we're all like we're all waiting with bated breath, like is it gonna are we going to be continuing to move into it? or you know, what's gonna <laughs> happen? And you know, at this point it it is what it is. Um I'm going to say thank you for joining me here. Um, You have any final words, anything else you want to talk about while we're on?
1: No, uh, just thank you for having me again. And as I I mentioned earlier, thank you for doing this, because right now with where everything's at um, in the state of not only hockey, but everything uh, to be able to have something like this is, is good. We need this in the hockey world. I know. Everybody out there is anxious to get back, so um, everybody just stay safe, and hopefully we'll get back on the ice soon. But thanks again for having me.
0: No problem. Whether it's three more weeks or six months, who knows uh, how long it'll take, but I will I will see you hopefully next season early. Uh, okay, wh- thanks, Brian. No problem. That was Chris Sarakowski. I'm Brian Mitchell. This is the PhD Podcast. We will be right back. I'd like to thank Chris for joining us. Um, <laughs> the big funny thing that I always bring up with Carrick, um, is that I just seem to always miss them. I, I never get a chance to watch them play and that was part you know, I don't know if it's part scheduling if it's part because Ed Major has our South Hills teams or whatnot. Uh, a side note, I was pretty upset and he he brought this we brought this up off the air and I'm gonna just air it out a little bit. I was pretty upset the night that I went to Ice Castle and I was supposed to cover Bishop Canavan Morgantown. And then Carrick Connellsville. It was a big playoff matchup for teams that were still in the race trying to battle with each other to get into postseason. And that game somehow, some way got changed from Upper St. Clair uh, from the you know, so I'm not, not from Upper St. Clair. It got changed at the rink to where Peters Township and Upper St. Clair were on that rink, and unfortunately, um, uh, that was my big chance to be able to showcase two teams that I had not seen at all that season, and I was kind of excited about that, and that got pulled out from underneath me, and I wasn't very happy with that decision, and I apologize if at any time it just sounded like I wasn't, because I wasn't. Um, I had really put a lot of time and effort into trying to promote the fact that I was covering more than just the AAA and AA level. Not not to put anything past Peters Township or St. Clair. Not anything to say about anything bad about any of the AA or AAA teams, because they're phenomenal to work with. A lot of like all the teams. I've never had a a bad issue with any of the teams. Any press is good press, but the reason why I chose that doubleheader is because nobody gets to see the exposure when on the open class and the single A classes. And that was part of our Pittsburgh hockey digest. There's still berg hockey. Like we're not really caring like clicks are clicks are great, but to be able to watch hockey and experience somebody something that you don't get to see every day is something even greater. I don't care if I have three people watching or if I have ah, two hundred and ten like we had for our Latrobe and West Allegheny uh, Shootout thriller in the uh, scholastic showcase. You know, it doesn't matter who we have. I just want to showcase hockey whenever we do this. Hopefully, next season I get the opportunity to do that. Unfortunately, you know, we don't know what we're up for right now. So, um, (laughs) well, I'll rotate into our next guest, and that is actually in the same vein of teams that I didn't really get a chance to cover this season because of scheduling errors and things like that that occur. And this is Michael O'Grady. He is the, I believe it was the first season as the head coach of the Chatham Cougars. And uh, of course, their season had ended, so they had a little bit of downtime. But in the last couple of seasons, they've had a new rink that they've moved to. It's further off campus than their previous rink. And a bunch of other uh, uh, things that step over, you know, like uh, I can't remember what the roadblocks that they've had to deal with. But But they've been able to create a great program, and their first time in the postseason. Uh, so, uh, we'll talk to him here momentarily. This is Michael O'Grady of the Chatham Cougars. All right. We're joined now by Michael O'Grady. He's the head coach of the Chatham Cougars NCAA division three squad. Michael, how's how's your, uh, quarantine going here?
2: It's going, uh, you know, just trying to keep busy and, you know, be a taskmaster, master, master and everything, you know, working on little projects here and probably creating more little projects as I go
0: along. We were, uh, talking off of, uh, it was funny. We were talking off of the phone call and we were, you were discussing, oh yeah, he had to go and do recruiting today. He was trying to show recruiting the, uh, the campus, but you can't get in any buildings, right?
2: Yeah. It's, you know, it's just, it's an opportunity to FaceTime with kids and give let them see what campus looks like. You know, it's definitely, um it's a weird landscape right now and as a division three school you know we're not under the like the division one has a moratorium on recruiting right now it's a dead period division three doesn't have that right now so you know we're still able to show show campus um off and everything but obviously with the travel bans and everything that's going on you know we we try and be creative with that
0: right absolutely and uh so you're coming off of your season, of course your season had wrapped up before we you started to, you know, all this started to happen and of course it didn't hit you as hard. So we're just going to talk about the uh the season that was for Chatham. You ended up the season, I believe in the first round of the playoffs if I'm yeah. recalling correctly.
2: Yeah, that's correct. So we made uh, the UCHC playoffs um, for the first time in school history this year, which was was awesome. Um finishing fourth in the South division, which was great and a, a huge step forward for for us and Um, you know, we won the games we, we should have won. And I think we, uh, you know, still need to keep going and keep taking steps forward with the program, which is going to kind of be our theme going forward next Mm -hmm. year. But it was, it was a really big step forward in the commitment of ushering in a new era, um, for the program. And that was our goal. We talked about that from day one, when I got here with the players and we came up with that kind of slogan together. Um, you see it all over our social media and, you know, we wanted to usher in a new era, especially being, one of the oldest you know women's hockey programs in the country especially at the division 3 level you know we've had a long you know history um, but we wanted to kind of take that forward and get over the hump and and start to to really make some noise in the division 3 ranks
0: now you had mentioned a little uh, about bringing you know we talked about a little bit about recruiting nothing too crazy but uh mm-hmm. i wanted to bring up two players that you have from our local uh, players um, madison black and grace johnson now the latter actually caught me off guard. I'd spoken with her a couple seasons ago, and you can find the, inter- the interview on uh, com. But, uh, you know, how important is it to be able to find this base that's growing in Pittsburgh and be able to find players who are impact players like that?
2: It's huge. Um, you know, I mean, obviously there's a ton of hockey in Pittsburgh. Um, it, it is truly a hockey town. And, you know, being known as an option for kids to go locally is great. Um, you know, and having Madison who who came back, you know, went away and came back, and then having Grace who, you know, played for us this year, um, as a first year, it was awesome. They both played big roles for us and uh it was it was great to have them as a part of our program and obviously highlights, you know, gives us some local local flavor, which is always good.
0: You had mentioned this is the first time that uh Chatham had actually made the postseason in their in their existence and you know, talking about that and how big is that for a step for the program, especially, you know, you get these younger players starting to come in. And they can see it coming out of there. You know, the seniors moving on, having the uh, ability to do that. Now these younger players get a little taste of it.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a point of pride. Right. And, it, you know, for the seniors, it's something they can, you know, Live off of the rest of their life, right? Like I help do that. I help, you know, get the program to that point. You know, for everybody else, it's a benchmark now. You know, we we've raised a bar, and you know, now it's something that you know we don't want to to take a step backwards. We want to take a step forwards with, and um, you know, continue to do that for you know going forward. I think anytime you see forward progress, you know things are going in the right direction.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you made a move a couple years ago from the off ice complex to pittsburgh ice arena so you got the ability to now have some facilities for yourselves and your team um i've seen some of those on twitter and that's actually a pretty big step for a lot of programs and uh i guess the big thing that i'm trying to get to here is you know you see uh, the collegiates and you always hear about robert morris mercyhurst all of this but now you're, you're seeing more and more the opportunity of a division three squad in the area to go to and play um, how big is that especially in a hotbed of pittsburgh that is just growing when it comes to hockey
2: it's, it's huge, right? I mean, I'll, I'll touch on the facility. You know, having a facility and having our own space there is awesome. Um, you know, it gives the players a place to come to. We have an office there, too. So, you know, it gives us a place to work and operate, you know, like the Robert Morris' and the Mercyhurst, you know, of the world and, and everything, which is amazing. Um, you know, again, just a place to call home, you know, and, and that's ultimately what everybody's looking for, which is amazing. And I think, you know, Bringing, you know, and growing the hockey in the state of Pennsylvania and, and especially Western Pennsylvania and, and being an option for players in this area is, you know, truly an amazing thing. And, you know, I'm looking forward to continuing to, you know, do outreach to those programs and, and work with them as, as we continue to, you know, have our foothold here in this area as a Division three program.
0: Now, Chatham, uh, you know, I I can't say that they're not a city school because pretty much they are pretty much in the city. Is it harder to bring a uh, program, especially whenever you're so far away from your facility? Is it harder to try? Is that a harder sell, or is it just something that they kind of understand whenever they're coming in that they have a program that they can believe in?
2: Yeah, it's it's part of it, right? I mean, we talk about fit, and and part of that fit is being okay with the the location of the rink. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. But our campus is beautiful. It is in the city. It offers, you know, it's, I always say it's the best of both worlds. It's quiet on campus. You can be a student, be you know, away from the hustle and bustle. But then you walk out to Fifth Avenue and get anywhere you want to go. Um, you know, and that's that's an amazing part. And then. You know, the the rink is our place to, to do our business and, and to, you know, do our jobs. And that's a, an awesome thing. But uh, we really try and balance out everything between academics and the travel that we do have to do and provide a lot of, you know, ability and, and flexibility for the players to be able to, to manage all of that as student athletes.
0: Absolutely. And uh, my final question, I guess, is. Are there any plans for Michael O'Grady during this, uh, during this shutdown right now, you know, especially with, you know, I found out that the rinks are like, you have melted down the ice at this point and we're going, you know, we're in an insane time right now. What's the plans for Michael O'Grady over the next couple of days?
2: Yeah, just, uh, you know, stay on task. I mean, we are still heavy in recruiting season for us and, you know, we're working towards the future as well, you know, and everything. And I think it's, you know, being on the phone with coaches, being on the phone with recruits and their families and, you know, explaining how we handled it as a university, which I think we did an amazing job of being ahead of this and having a plan. And we, and we executed very well. And, um, you know, I think it's just working on that. And then again, like I said, creating little projects and, you know, get myself better. I did two webinars today, you know, going to do some more later this week in all different areas. And, um, you know, I think that that's, it's a nice time where we can take that step back and better ourselves as coaches too
0: well good stuff mike i appreciate you coming on that was michael O'Grady. i am brian mitchell we'll be back on the phd podcast now we're going to make the quick transition and we're going to talk from division three to division one of course it's one of the living legends at the island sports center it's larry snyder going to be joining us momentarily he's the voice of the colonials you've heard his voice a thousand times during home games um little known he also works for the Youngstown Phantoms, amongst other uh, teams. So, uh, true PA guy, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about how that's affected his life on the outside of everything that's been going on. Joining us now is Larry Snyder. All right, joining me now, he's one of the two uh, legends at the Island Sports Center. Him and Bobby D create a great tag team when it comes to our hockey coverage at robert morris i'm joined by the legend larry snyder larry
3: how's everything going man well spending a lot of time at home uh just going out to maybe get supplies once in a while at the grocery store or um like dollar general store but uh it's uh, relatively quiet. Everything, just like around Pittsburgh, is uh, shut down for the moment, mm-hmm. except for the essential services. So you're just trying to you know, stay calm and stay healthy at this point. Absolutely. Uh, practicing social distancing. Larry is
0: from Ohio, correct? If I'm correct, you're just outside of Youngstown.
3: Yes, I live in Austintown Township. We're on the west side of, the, of Youngstown in Mahoning County and uh, all the schools just like they are down around Pittsburgh the schools are all closed Uh, the Youngstown Phantoms who play in the United States Hockey League tier one junior a hockey the USHL has uh, shut down for the season Uh, it happened I was two weeks ago I was supposed to have one more uh, home weekend with them against the Dubuque fighting Saints and Uh, The USHL pulled the plug on that because Mm -hmm. of the coronavirus pandemic that we're all under. And, uh, you know, things have have gotten really quiet. I was hoping to get in a few more Robert Morris spring sports, uh, men's and women's lacrosse, and maybe get a chance to do my first ever women's softball game. But uh, that also came to a screeching halt like it has for everybody we know, whether it's photographers like Ed Thompson or Justin Burrell, to people like you. And Gary Heeman and Alan Saunders were all kind of been uh, put on the sideline here.
0: Yeah. And it's been rough for everybody, um, you know, and, you know, with a lot of leagues not, you know, being able to finish, there were a couple and you actually brought some off, brought some up off of the. you know, off the air before we came on here, and you wanted to, you have, you're the guy who does our Twitter updates. A lot of our stuff on Twitter it comes from Larry himself. He does a lot of great work for us, and we do appreciate that. And you actually brought up a couple details that we didn't get a chance to get out to everybody because everything just became, just basically came to a screeching halt, and it's been like, it's been tough to just try to keep up with everything that's been going on.
3: So, what, you had a couple anecdotes you wanted to bring up to us, Larry? Well, one was uh, the East Coast Women's Hockey League. Uh, they had their uh, championship series on the weekend of uh, March the 8th and uh, our very own Pittsburgh Puffins won the Summit Challenge Cup and they brought it back to Pittsburgh. They defeated the Prince William Wildcats in uh, Hagerstown, Maryland by a score of five to three in the championship game with a couple of goals uh, from uh young young lady by the last name of bright i need to access the roster but uh it it was a good game it was a good uh two-game weekend series and uh they they the girls brought it home they brought home the trophy and that's that's uh add to uh, the legend shall we say of city of champions
0: awesome yeah of course you the puffins usually get uh you know, push to the background on a lot of things. And it's one of those things that I've been trying to go out and check out, but schedules just don't line up. They only play so many home games in a season. So it's tough for me to be able to get out there and find them, especially with everything that's been going on. Uh, during the season, it gets it kind of tight in the weekend. You don't really have too much time off, especially if you're me, where people are basically saying you have to take time off or you have to quit at this point. So, uh, you know, I have this right. year. I was, put, I, I, I was put in a corner at that for this year for a lot of stuff. So, uh, well, but, well, and that you know, happens right with a
3: lot of the different uh, hockey yeah. teams. It's it's hard for any of us to get to, let's say, a Pittsburgh Vengeance game, mm-hmm. um, in the United States Premier Hockey League as well as the Puffins, or for that matter, Chatham University, who plays NCAA Division III men's and women's hockey. In fact, the we actually Division III spoke- women's program predates the Robert Morris program. And I just and, actually uh, spoke with their head coach
0: prior to your interview here. Michael O'Grady was my previous uh my previous interview here, yeah, and that, that's you know those details, and they just had their first playoff appearance in their entire history, so that was a cool uh detail that uh, you know I'd be able to talk to him about it and what it meant to everybody in the program um so Larry we we you know you had touched on it, and how tough is that t- to you know have your season come to a halt because you don't have a you, you don't you're not too busy during the summer, but you also once hockey ends, you, you pick up several different uh, PA gigs. Um, how hard was that to see most of your season go to a screeching
3: halt here? Well, it's made uh, time. I don't want to say irrelevant, but when you're kind of gauged towards, all right, this weekend I'm going to be doing either a lacrosse game or a Youngstown Phantoms hockey game, and all that's been wiped away. Um, After you do this for like a week or 14 days, you're kind of going, what day of the week is it? Because those (laughs) markers that tell you it's Friday, it's Saturday, or it's Sunday, um, the church I attend, we've had to shut down and suspend services because uh, a number of the parishioners who come to church on Sunday morning are 50 years old or older, and those are considered highly susceptible Uh, to the coronavirus so we've had to so again there's another marker that that vanishes from your life so you know that it's sunday so to speak Mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden now the days are starting to run together and i will be here at home talking to my wife going wait what day of the week is this now does the garbage Mm -hmm. need to go out today or is that tomorrow kind of thing because you're you're used to these other markers defining your week
0: yeah I know and uh, you know that's you know it came to a screeching halt and I, you know a lot of us who work in you know the people who work in the industry I, I hate to use the term for me because I, I don't feel like I'm in your in everybody else's grouping because you know it, it, you guys earn you know you guys have earned your rights to be called you know sports media and everything I, I just love to be able to go out and help out and do what I can with what I can but um, you know I have with the trivia that I do on the side, and I could see exactly what you're talking about. You know, it's like, what day is it? I actually had to remind myself yesterday four times that it was Tuesday, and it hadn't even been 10 a.m. at that point. And I'm so used to saying, like, okay, every Wednesday I have a show that I'm going to be covering, and then uh, that I do every Wednesday, and then every third Tuesday I have a show, and every other Thursday I have a show. And it's things like that that you build into, and you're like, Oh, uh, well, I am, you know, I'm used to being able to say, okay, I have this set in stone. I'm going to be able to do this. And, I'm, you know, so I understand what you're saying. And especially on the weekends, now it's tougher because I can't remember a weekend where I didn't leave the house for any reason. Right, <laughs> but, you exactly. Know, like, I, 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 I was joking earlier. I have completely renovated my living room already. Like, I just had to tear carpet up and put new flooring down. Like, that's literally what I did for the last week and a half. Was just you know in the evenings and trying to keep you know keep a balance and just trying to find something to do and with the rink shutting down and you not you know gyms being closed and things like that, it, it makes it tougher to find things to do. Am, am, is that correct? Is that same thing in your general thing? Is that you just don't know you know you, how to give your time, how to allot your uh, time?
3: Yes, because there's only so many movies you can watch. Let's say whether it's on Netflix or Turner Classic Movie or. Um, If you get a free HBO weekend like we did, I think, a week or two ago Mm -hmm. to so many shows, you can binge watch. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There's just uh, some of these, as you said, these other things that are going on, some of the things that I might have covered once hockey season started to die down. Such as boxing events or MMA events around the Pittsburgh area—they're all getting. Yeah, you're big into that too. I forgot about the boxing and the, uh, the MMA events you call too. Yeah, Battle of the Brawl at the Berg number three, which was uh, going to be held last weekend, got canceled, and there was also a boxing match. uh, Michael McSorley uh, was putting on uh, in cooperation with the Congreb gym, and that gym is closed because. Uh, everything is, is gotten shut down because of the pandemic. And so, uh, yeah, there are other things like the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds, um, of the American ultimate disc league, as well as the, uh, Pittsburgh passion of the women's football Alliance, their seasons were about to start here Mm -hmm. coming up in the month of April. And now everything's on hold. I, I really don't know if these two teams or these two leagues, Um, are even going to be able to get, you know, half a season in at most because a lot of times these teams are playing at high school or college uh, stadiums across the country. And, you know, everybody's hoping, I think, by fall that some of the regular sports will start to crank back up and those facilities won't be available to them. So I'm not sure what some of these um, other minor leagues are going to be able to do.
0: All right, Larry. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking. You have any comments? Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? Well, we, we up touched here? on
3: you touched on base about uh, Chatham there for a moment, okay. and there was some uh, sad news on the Chatham front, and that is Michael Callan, the first ever men's ice hockey coach at Chatham University, who got the the team started in 2016, has stepped down as the head coach and athletic director uh leonard trevino is you know in the search for a mm-hmm. new head coach um he quotes on the on the team's website that they are excited about taking the next step for the program but i'm sure just trying to get candidates to interview unless he does it, everything over the phone shall we say or that, do it over skype that, that um, was actually might make that difficult for him
0: that was actually something we were discussing with michael o'grady was you know because Division Three NCAA doesn't have the same restrictions as Division One, so they're not on the mortuarium of the. Uh, they're not allowed to recruit right now. He's recruiting right. via, I believe he said it was through Facetime. So he was actually okay. doing college visits through Facetime. He was showing them the campus, and discussing with recruits, and you know just things you have to adapt to in this world now, and it's just insane how it's all working out.
3: Well, and I'm sure that's probably also working up the chain somewhat for Division Two and and or Division One. But yeah, mm-hmm. Division Three, because there's not direct, you know, athletic scholarships being offered here, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a different type of recruitment. Yeah. And I'm sure it's not made it any easier for them. No.
0: No, not at all. Well, Larry, I want to thank you for joining me here. Um I appreciate everything that you do. Uh, hopefully, we can get some news going here in near future. But look forward to season five of Berg Hockey of uh, Berg and Pittsburgh Hockey Digest. Whenever we come back around to the other side, hopefully, uh, season five gets on, gets started on time. You know, uh, at this
3: point, well, I mean, that's not closing. that's going to be something interesting to see because you know usually by the middle of summer you're getting the Robert Morris men's and women's schedules by that point from the Atlantic hockey association and college hockey America respectively. And, uh, so yes, we are going to wait and see if things as they say, get back to normal. So hockey starts on time in either late September mm-hmm. or early October.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's just something we have to pay attention to. And, uh, wow. I mean, we're, you know, where we are with what we've got going on. You just don't know at this point, you, you know, they haven't closed the book on the high school season. At this point, but you got to be thinking it's getting closer that they're going to pull the plug on that because they haven't exactly said, hey, we're done. They just said, hey, we're still postponed. Like it's still we're still sitting around. Are we going to play? Are we not? We spoke with uh, Chris Sarakowski earlier as a head coach for Carrick, and he said, you know, we don't know. (laughs) You know, we don't know what to tell everybody what's going on because we don't even know if we're going to, you know, cause I, I mentioned, you know, there are several rinks that have already cut their, that have already melted their ice. Like they're already, you know, we doing repairs and fixing their ice and doing all this other stuff they would do in a normal downtime. So, you know, we are where we are now.
3: Right. So, uh, oh, oh, I agree wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I know the Cavelli center, you know, where the phantoms played has pulled the ice mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I'm sure that the ice has come up in some other places, like you said, other rinks, because uh, the people aren't allowed to gather together and their schedules are getting canceled. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, yes, I'm just kind of waiting to see how many rinks will actually be doing, have actually open doors here in about another month. I'm sure we're going to start seeing more and more closures of the area ice rinks. Absolutely.
0: Well, I appreciate you coming on, Larry. Uh, be safe. Be vigilant practice your social distancing, but also I'll see you in the fall, sir, whenever we do get ramped same. up. And uh, once again, that was Larry Snyder. I am Brian Mitchell. This is the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast. I will be back momentarily to close things out. That, of course, was the living legend Larry Snyder. I'd like to thank him for coming on and joining me for the end of our second edition of this podcast. Um, I would like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, You can get a hold of me 724-980-8904 shoot me a text, leave me a voicemail, let me know if you want to talk we can discuss things, reach out to me at PhD underscore Mitch on the tweets I'll be able to try to give you any answers that I can, try to set you up for an interview if you're interested in it. I'm going to try to continue this pace if I can continue to get the guests that want to talk and discuss what's going on during this shutdown um, I would be hard-pressed not to close with uh, pretty big information, and I would like to congratulate the Brady's Run Ice Arena in Beaver County for winning the Renovate the Rink Pittsburgh Penguins uh, uh, donation. You're going to update that rink. I've had some fun times out at Brady's Run. It's a little bit of a trip for me. It's about an hour and five hour five, about 15 minutes of a drive for me to get there. But every time I've gone, it's always been great hospitality. Everybody's a wonderful, wonderful group up there. And I'll tell you the truth. There's a lot of stuff that I don't think they needed to fix up there. But definitely the money's going to be well spent. And it's going to be a magnificent facility whenever we come out of it. Uh, the only thing that I would say is the potholes outside could be a little bit less. But... Uh, you know what? When it comes to rinks, it's got a large capacity, and it's got some beautiful vantage points. So I really hope that that rink uses that money wisely and takes care of of their own. Um, Hundred thousand dollars can go a long way, especially for a rink that has already worked worthwhile facilities. So um, with that being said, I'm Brian Mitchell. I would like to thank Chris Sarakowski, Michael O'Grady, and Larry Snyder for joining me today for this edition of the Special Editions Podcast. With that being said, I will hopefully see you in the rink. Take care, guys.